White Sox, White Sox, go, 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 go. Call your sons, call your daughters. Holy cow. You can't put it on the board. Yes. Yes. It's a perfect game. Red Echo, Grand Slam. A White Sox winner and a world championship. Jimenez, he's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know. Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox after a great, victorious beating of the Kansas City Royals 7-4. to My name is Herb Lawrence. That is Chris Tannehill and maybe even Bill Walton. Well, they won, so Bill's got to be here. Hey, Bill. Come on out here, Billy Boy. The White Sox win. Print the banner. Line up the parade. Michigan Avenue on the Studge Turkle Bridge, Division Street. Let's go. And you too, Timmy. Come on out. Well, I just want to walk from here. Time for uh, They did that. They did, T.A. White Sox winners tonight by a score of 7-4 to four in Kansas City, improving their record to 24-15, and 15, moving back into sole possession of first place in the AL Central, a half game ahead of the Cleveland Indians who lost to the Brewers tonight 7-1 to in Cleveland. And this victorious episode of Lockdown White Sox is brought to you by Indeed. Hey, can the Guinness Book of World Records give 2020 world's greatest delay of game? Even though sports had a break, your business certainly did not. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever, and Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. Like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire that you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. And right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job posts, which means more quality candidates will see it fast try indeed with a free 75 dollar credit at indeed.com slash locked on mlb this is their best offer available anywhere go right now to indeed.com slash locked on mlb terms and conditions apply offer valid through september 30th and we're also brought to you by postmates hey when you guys need red wine at 4 p.m sushi at 9 p.m a breakfast burrito at 8 a.m and ibuprofen at 10 a.m Postmate it. Postmates is your personal food delivery, grocery delivery, whatever kind of delivery service all year round. Anything you're craving, Postmates can deliver. They're the largest on-demand network in the U.S. and offer delivery from all the restaurants, grocery and convenience stores, and traditional retailers you could possibly want or need. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, Postmates will bring you what you need within the hour. No more trips to the store. You don't even have to know where the store is. Postmates will deliver anything to you. Download the app for iOS or Android for free, browse local restaurants and businesses, and track your delivery in real time. 
And now, for a limited time, Postmates is going to give our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use promo code LOCKEDON. That's promo code LOCKEDON for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. Download Postmates and save with code LOCKEDON. All right, Herbie, Sox winners tonight, 7-4. to four. Offense, the story of the evening, I think. The Sox pounding out 14 hits tonight. I don't even know where you begin, but it was an effort seeming like everyone contributed tonight. Yeah, it was good to see that balance up and down the lineup where you didn't have a lot of guys not hit. The only one that didn't hit tonight was Edwin Encarnacion, but he did contribute with other oh, things. Like oh, walking. he had the wheels going. Here's the inherent problem with this roster and the construction uh, of the roster. There's too many redundancies. Like, why do we have two speed guys like Encarnacion and Gerard Dyson? Why do we have Encarnacion and Dyson on this team? It seems a little redundant. Two speedy outfielders getting the job done on the base paths? I don't get it. Rickon should be fired. Yeah, and so everybody got a hit besides Mr. Encarnacion, but you said he walked in. And then uh, he was just showing those wheels all around the bases, scored the run there. But, yeah, everybody was contributing. Everybody was seeing uh, Mr. Singer very well. And the subsequent pitchers that came in, Hans Zimmer, Holland, and Newberry, they all got touched up, except for the great Newberry, who was a little insulted by the murder. Did you say Did the, you say Hans Zimmer came in, the great composer, the theatrical yeah, composer, Hans Zimmer came might, in the game? Might as well, because <laughs> he pitched just as well. Um, but yeah, Newberry was pissed that the ball is still traveling 485 feet away from home plate from last night. So he came in and shut down the White Sox uh, in one inning of work, but it's good to have the White Sox back on track. There's nothing that ails or cures what ails you, like the Kansas City Royals pitching staff. White Sox came in, licking their wounds from a beatdown in Minnesota, and now feeling good after two wins in a row and two more wins on tap for this weekend. Absolutely. So before the game started, I have sort of like my preliminary notes, things I want to talk to you about in the post and things I want to keep an eye out for. Uh, Eloy had been struggling quite a bit, uh, but he contributes with three hits tonight and two, uh, his RBI double, uh, a big hit in the game, sort of to put it over the top. And it's nice to see if, if Eloy is going to start hitting again, look out. This team is going to be real dangerous come October. Yeah, I agree. He is one of those guys, and they were talking about it on the broadcast where – he either goes zero for whatever, five, four, or he goes multiple hits. So, you know, if he gets a hit in that first time he's up, guarantee another hit's coming in that game. He hits them in bunches during games. And it is good to see that he is out of his little slump that he had, mini slump that he had. I would love to see him taking Bubich out, the guy who would be pitching tomorrow. That's for not the White safe Sox. for work if you take your Bubich out. I just want to put that no. out there right now. I don't, I don't encourage that. This is a family yeah. show. <laughs> and if your boob does itch, you know, don't take it out. It's never good. <laughs> um, yeah, so it'll be good to see him serve that man to right field a couple times tomorrow. That's what got him right in Detroit, as Steve Stone pointed out. I think it was August the no, it was September the tenth where the White Sox were struggling. He's like, if he starts going to right field, watch out, folks. And he started going to right field, and that's where we had that explosion from Eloy. Do it again. Bubich will be throwing balls out in the outer half of the ball of the plate, 
And if Eloy is serving that ball to the right field, right center, and then over the fence at Kauffman Stadium, look out for a resurgence this week with the Royals and then going to Pittsburgh for two and then coming back and beating the Tigers for three. Before Eloy contributed with his RBI double, Jose Abreu came through with a big two-run double in the sixth, making it a 6-3 to three game at the time. When I say Jose Abreu for American League AL Most Valuable Player, what do you think about that? I say that he is up there. He's probably the front runner right now. You want me to give you the numbers? I, 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 I sorted all the numbers. You want to hear them uh, before you give me your final answer as it stands right now? You want to hear where he ranks in some of the prominent categories? Yeah. Give me the numbers and I'll tell you my answer. Okay. Jose Abreu currently heading into the game tonight. He ranks 12th in the American League in war, 5th mm-hmm. in home runs, 8th in runs scored, 1st in RBI, 7th in batting average, 19th in OBP, 4th in slugging, 8th in weighted on base average, ninth in weighted runs created. So, Jose Abreu, American League MVP, what do you think? I think he'll lose to his own teammate. Okay, yeah, that's that's what I thought. I mean, that's He's going to have some vote splittage here. Um, I, I think one of the things that he does have going in his favor... Okay, so before I get, get, get to that part of it, who do you think ultimately will gather the most MVP votes on the, on the 2020 White Sox? Tim Anderson will get the most MVP votes for the Chicago White Sox. He's already got a profile. He'll be winning his second batting title in a row. He has almost 1,000 OPS, improved defense. He's uh, a guy who speaks English. And I know you're out there saying, what does that matter? It matters. Like, it matters a lot, especially media coverage. These are people who are going to be voting from across the United States. Jose Abreu, yeah, has a nice uh, rapport with the local media, and they understand him, and he's cool, and they talk to him often. But Tim Anderson is on shows. People know who Tim Anderson is across the nation, and they see him hitting for average again, and he's got a higher OPS. He is uh, a guy who, you know, the English language is mastered right now. And so those guys and girls will be voting for a guy they know that's more familiar. That if he has a higher OPS than, than, um, I was going to say Bobby Abreu, then Jose Abreu, (laughs) then they'll vote for Jose, I mean, Tim Anderson over Jose Abreu. I know it doesn't make sense, but think about it. How many people really know how good Jose Abreu is. Well, you're starting really know who's like a, a, a reporter in Oakland right. or a reporter in Seattle or a guy that's in New York watching their own team do stuff. And after the game, who are they speaking to? Who are they hearing from? Hearing from Billy Russo after the game, not Jose Abreu. Well, then when Tim speaks, Tim speaks. And that's, I'm not saying this is, should be a mark on Jose Abreu. Sure. It shouldn't be. But these these are realities, and I think Tim will get more votes than Jose Abreu. Uh, yeah, I, I like all the points you raised there. I will say this though, you know, I, I check out a lot of out of town broadcasts, uh, you know, for the work that we do. I like to sample what other people are saying in other parts of the country. Uh, about the White Sox and their perception of the team. And I, I think people are starting to notice, like, you know, when you, when you mentioned Jose Abreu, all of a sudden uh, this is the year where people are like, man, 
Look at Jose Abreu. He's having one of the best years of his career. Man, he's been doing this for a long time. Man, look where he ranks on, you know, the White Sox, you know, offensive production lists, you know, since since he's been with the White Sox. So I think if if he gets any uh, votes, uh, you know, uh, ahead of Tim Anderson, I think it'll be because of like a factor of man, this this guy's been around for a while, and they're finally good, and he's sort of you know the he's the the base of this whole thing. Like you know, as far as I see it, Jose Abreu is one of the biggest parts of this whole thing working this year because he's the one that sort of takes Moncada under his wing, Eloy under his wing once they get here, and then he's a guy who helps provide the culture and provides a nice little nest to recruit someone like Luis Robert. So I think if they get that narrative out there nationally, that he's the one that makes this all work. Um, and he's the one that's instilling the culture and, you know, the stuff that you don't see or hear people talk about, you know, being the first one in the facility and the last one to leave, you know, putting in the work. I, I, I do think nationally people do sort of associate uh, the White Sox and Jose Abreu is one and the same. I, you know, I think maybe you're sleeping on him in that regard. But, uh, but TA is definitely the face of the franchise on a national level, so it, it will be kind of hard. And people, I think TA will be actively be campaigning uh, <laughs> for his, yeah. Because if he wins a batting title again, I think that I think it could be a done deal. And the Sox win the yeah. division, and he wins a batting title. I think that I think that's it right there. In offensive stats, he has he has better offensive stats right now than uh, Jose Abreu. And I would say that if a regular year where the White Sox go out to the West Coast, go out to the East Coast, and they play these teams and they get in front of these writers who vote, you would probably have a stronger case. But remember, they're only going to central teams. Yep. And that's just one portion of the voting block. Tim is known, a known commodity. And people do know who Jose Abreu is. That Don't get me wrong there. They know who he is. But – Second year winning the batting title, if he does it. He right now has a 1.7 F4, which is higher than Jose Abreu's. He's ninth in the whole the whole MLB right now, right behind Nelson Cruz as far as a war. Uh, like I said, almost a 1,000 OPS right now. He's got, if you just th- check it out, Fangrass, or just checking out B-War or F-War or waited on – Weighted runs created plus things like that. You're gonna look and see that Tim is up there and he's better than Jose Abreu right now. So I don't know the numbers for me. I think he deserves it over Jose Abreu too. And I think the the big factor of not speaking English to the media. I know he speaks English. He's just not comfortable with it, and that's understandable because it's the second language. He doesn't want to be misrepresented. He's a very proud man. And he shouldn't be have to learn a language just to get an award. If anything, I hope he gets some type of recognition as the leader of this team. I think Tim is the face, and he makes the team go. But we could tell, like you said, he uh, Jose Abreu is the leader. Like all the young Latino players and black white players on the team, understand and respect. Jose is being the guy off the team. I guess we can just cap it by, you know, Marlo Stanfield once said. Sound like one of them good problems. I like the fact that we're having this conversation in September. And the price of the brick is going up too? <laughs> well, <laughs> Jose Abreu, no, not necessarily. The, the, the brick will be whatever he wants it to be. And the White Sox will say, sure, come on, bring, run the brick back. Time for the re-up. Um, uh, where else are we going here tonight? Okay, so it's it's day night in America once again. Happy day night to all of you out there. Um mm. 
Dane Dunning this evening, uh, his final line, four and two-thirds, five hits, three runs, all of them earned, four walks, four Ks. Um, throws 88 pitches, uh, ERA at a 3.86 this year. Uh, a little erratic uh, compared to his previous starts. Got knocked around a little bit. Uh, what would you make of Dane Dunning's outing tonight? Not good. Not good at all. He uh, uncharacteristically walked uh, some hitters. And it looked like in that last at-bat versus uh, Alex Gordon, he did not want to face him at all. And Alex Gordon had hit him hard. Uh, in his previous events, and so I think that's what Ricky saw. Uh, walks Alex Gordon with two outs, and then the next guy gets a rocket shot uh, up the middle, and that was uh, Oliveris. And so Ricky had seen enough of what Dane Dunning was. He only needed one more out to qualify for the win, and Ricky's like, I'm not here for Dane Dunning qualifying wins. That is a good manager. That is what you're supposed to do. You're not there to get some useless stat for that pitcher you're supposed to get the win for the team and he did a good job of not you know doing the emotional thing not doing the thing for the youngster he just like he doesn't have any more and brought in cody hoyer who uh, once again very impressive cody hoyer but yeah dane dunny wasn't the guy i saw in the first two starts that he had one versus the tigers and one versus the royals hopefully the kid can bounce back in his next start which should be next week versus the Tigers again. So Dunning in his first three outings in the major leagues, uh, 73 pitches, 79 pitches, and he ramps it up to 88. So you figure, you track it out if he continues and he doesn't get hurt and continues to to, to develop and give you quality outings. Uh, you know, he could be around the uh, – 90 pitch mark at the end of the season and uh you know segueing into a number three spot in the rotation heading into a playoff series uh, i would like to see a couple more outings get a bigger sample size as to know what to expect but overall uh, you know I, I like the swing and miss stuff compared to someone like dylan cease um so maybe this will this will kind of raise uh, ra you know the rising tides raise all boats type of mentality and maybe there'll be a little bit of uh you know, back and forth with Cease and Dunning, uh, who's going to get that number three spot because you may not realize it, but that, that there's a competition going on right now. And uh, it's not quite uh, the Bears starting QB competition at this point, but uh, it's something to watch here down the stretch between those two uh, young pitchers that the White Sox have. But, but I like what I see with the stuff-wise from Dunning. I think that plays uh, in a playoff spot, you know, better than Dylan Cease might play. All right, uh, what else do we have here tonight? Other things on my notepad. Did you see who won Sox math tonight? Did you did you did you catch that? I didn't. I was uh, getting a, a ref refreshment for myself, so I did not see who won it. Okay. Oh, I did. <laughs> I, when I came back, I didn't see a name, and they said that the person's name on their moniker on Twitter was too. They couldn't say it on television. Yeah, like too like. <laughs> Vulgar, I guess. Well, well, you be the judge. So the Sox math winner tonight was at anus underscore cactus. <laughs> I, I've never had any interactions with anus cactus, but I had to go look on Twitter to see who won Sox math. And of course, uh, one of my favorite Sox follows on Twitter, not Ken Williams, was the first one to highlight. Uh, you know, I didn't even have to go look to see who won it. And of course, it was uh, not Ken Williams pointing it out for everyone. So uh, maybe it's pronounced. And us, cactus. <laughs> and us. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but uh, I, I would like to see, oh, we're going to find out because that person's going to record a video for tomorrow's socks math. <laughs> so that should be real clunky. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure the producer for our 
NBC Sports Chicago's like, dude, just give me your name. I can't. Oh, we do know this. about that working at sports radio. Hey, yeah. my name is the uh the 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 hardball villain or <laughs> from the northwest side. Uh, I want to talk to Ranj. No, just give me your name, please. We can't fit all that uh, on the on the line, sir. Uh, but yeah, Anus Cactus, hopefully making his television debut tomorrow. Something to watch for, more so than Giolito on the mound. We can uh, finally unveil that guy who's been on uh, menace of Twitter, Anus Cactus. <laughs> exactly. Um, so Alex Colomay makes it a little interesting. Uh, he comes out for the four-out save. Do you think he came in and he says, I want Merrifield <laughs> in that eighth <laughs> inning? He walks. Uh. Yeah, he, wa- he walks the bases loaded to get to <laughs> Whit Merrifield. And I know it's Friday. I might have to take you know some something to help me sleep tonight uh, to get over the fact that Whit Merrifield has not had a big hit against the White Sox uh, seemingly the, the entire season. I know he had a home run last series in Chicago, but tonight he certainly did not come through. Um, don't you just hate to see that, Herb? He's just shit. Like his, I know we were tweeting or texting during the game, and that popcorn arm in right field, not getting no Marmazar from mid right field, Ugh, just trash. And then yeah, that eighth inning at bat where he's just swinging at everything and throws a ball in the left-handed batter's box and it's like out there swinging at that. And of course, I cleverly called him with Merrifield. And it's good to see him struggle. He was. <laughs> Playing all good before the trade deadline so he can get on another team. And now he's like, fuck, I'm stuck with these bums or 20 plus more games. So I wonder if that's it. He looks looks defeated out there. I would be too. I'm 31 years old and I've been battling for the last couple of years looking good. No one wants to come and trade for me. I got to stay on this shit team. Just, you know, my only like hope is, you know, the the White Sox are good and we can try to take them out or maybe the. The, the Cardinals, we can ruin their season or something like that. Otherwise, what do you got to look forward to? I mean, Kansas City is a good city, so delicious barbecue. You got the Negro League Museum there, the Jazz Museum, some couple uh, good sites to see. But otherwise, the man's like stuck in a terrible situation. He's been putting up numbers, and no one wants to come and trade for him because he's on the other side of 30 right now. And so, you know, he's got to be stuck with his bum-ass team for years and seeing what the White Sox are doing knowing that he's never going to the playoffs with the Kansas City Royals anymore. Um, so Colome gets the four-out save. Um, very, very shaky. My favorite moment of the night, I think, is uh, after Franco's seeing eye single there in the ninth inning – uh, where someone's yelling to Colome, get over there, get over there, because it looked like Jose was going to try to make a play to his right. And, uh, you know, they were hoping Colome would go over to first base, a little uh, PFP action. But uh, Alex Colome looked like he had a Mai Tai on the mound, and he didn't want to <laughs> knock it over. He was like, no, nah, I'm good. I don't, want, I don't need to go over there and cover. <laughs> I got plenty of outs in this arm here, kid. So it was, uh, you know, always interesting when Colome comes in. But, you know, oddly enough, I never actually have – those moments of anxiety like I did when like Billy Koch was was you know closing out games for the Sox like it's never for whatever reason he just you know it's never in grand fashion it's always bend but but seldom break you sort of had that feeling like I found myself thinking okay a month from now the Sox are in the playoffs and Colome comes in maybe then we'll feel a little bit differently and maybe then everything will be a little bit amplified but I never really had any moment of worry uh, you know, even after he loaded the bases again in that ninth inning. I mean, I feel like most of the time it's like shaky and it's not like 
one, two, three. There's sometimes it's like, all right, he's in. He's going to strike out a couple guys with that cutter. But it's never, I mean, it's very seldom is it clean. It's always got to be a little challenge. He's not just pitching to contact. He's trying to strike people out with that cutter, throwing something in the dirt and making people chase like you got Whit Merrifield. And Steve astutely pointed out, like he always does on broadcast, that there was not a strike thrown to Whit Merrifield in that hole at bat in the eighth inning. All the balls were more balls, and Whit Merrifield was up there in swing mode. So, yeah, I'm a little bit more comfortable with what Alex Colomay does and kind of like the Jose Abreu thing where he just drives and runs and – Another great hit to drive in that run to the left center field gap tonight. And me thinking, you know, that, you know, it's kind of like a flukish thing, but it's not flukish. It's the thing that he does. It's a, it's a, it's a, like a, a, a skill that he has. And same thing with Alex Conway. His peripherals from last year and this don't look excellent, don't look like a closer, don't look like a guy that can get the job done, but he is getting the job done with only, I think, two or three blown saves last year and none this year. So I just, you know, I'm comfortable and calm when he comes in the game now, which maybe I shouldn't be, but he gets the job done every time. Yeah, I never really worry. Like, you know, you see people on, on Sox Twitter when he comes into the game and he, like, all of a sudden gives up a hit or walks someone, all of a sudden it's like, oh, God, here we go again. It's like, eh, not, not really. You know, if we never really had any grandiose uh, blown saves in an embarrassing fashion, you know, to a, to a rival, you know, you know three-run bomb walk-off. You never had, like, a, a Sergio Santos moment with him. You know what I mean? Anything like that. So, uh, yeah, but, we'll, you know, we'll see how I feel come playoff time. And the Sox, by the way, let's check out their updated playoff odds according to fan graphs of the Sox now sit all by themselves top of the American League Central, half game ahead of the Indians, sitting at a 99.5% chance of making the postseason. And I, I never want to jinx these things, but it's hard not to get excited and, and hard not to dream. And the weather's starting to get a little cool out. And I'm starting to, I'm like, all right, I'm going to buy in. I'm, I'm really going to invest in this team. And I think I'm going to buy a hoodie. I'm going to buy a White Sox hoodie and get ready for this October baseball. But it looks like. You going full zip? Uh, no, I like the Nike hoodie. that I had my eyeball on it like in April. And then all of a sudden COVID came. And I was like, there'll never be baseball again. And I never bought it. Uh, but it's the one they wear in the dugout. Like, you know, just simple black with the, with the White Sox, you know, across the chest. And. Um, but yeah, ninety nine point five percent chance of making the playoffs, and you look at that schedule coming up in the next week. Of course, two more against the Royals, two against the Pirates, and a weekend series against the Tigers at home. Uh, I can see why it makes sense now why it's at ninety nine point five percent. Like they can go on a little bit of a run here and uh, give themselves a little a uh, little cushion going into that final couple weeks. So it's it's exciting stuff, Herb. Very exciting. It's uh, very unusual to have the White Sox here at this point, middle or beginning of September, just thinking about, okay, what do we need to do to win the goddamn AL Central and 99.5% of playoff odds. It's just uh, so great to have uh, as as a difference. I didn't think the White Sox would be at this point at this point of the year, I said all the time that they would compete until September. They're not just competing. They're taking it to teams. 
and it's lovely to play the Royals 10 games a year, but the Indians get to do that, and so do the Twins. So uh, we're taking advantage of those other than those one loss, I think, to the Royals, and then they've beaten, let's see, they lost once to the Tigers, so they're taking advantage of the, the lower teams in the league, and we get mad at them losing to the Twins, but those are to be expected. If they uh, do their business versus the other teams in the division and get those wins on the AL Central or the NL Central side, it doesn't matter. Whoever comes out with the most wins wins the division, and I'll buy a T-shirt. And it's really it's hard not to get excited when you think about this team's you know ceiling and in, in, in postseason play. It's like yeah, you know they the teams that they've seen they're beating up on bums and and the the top tier teams like you know they sort of struggle with a little bit you know coming off that twin series and but you, if they get into a postseason setting where they're playing a team like the Yankees or the A's like you know they may have the scouting reports but they may try to get a fastball by Luis Robert or Eloy Jimenez you know what I mean like all of a sudden all, mm-hmm. you, you have that 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 sort of star power. And you have the ability to, to take the ball and go deep, you know, on any given moments. Like, you know, I, I think I may like the Sox chances in the postseason, but we'll talk more about that later. I, I did want to ask you because people are checking this episode out on Saturday morning, most likely getting ready for the uh, Sox and Royals, Giolito versus Bubich on Saturday. Uh, do you think that no fans in the stands, e- either at home or away or both, do you think that's uh, helped this team? I do not. I think it's. Uh just a net negative or net nothingness because <laughs> there is nothing there to like, I don't know, like they play well on the road. So usually I guess the jeering or I don't know what it would be would affect them. Maybe I think having to stay in hotels and together and provide entertainment for each other has bonded them you know it's made them closer as a team wanting to play for each other instead of you know a sector going here to this club a sector going out to this restaurant another sector going to a museum but now they gotta entertain each other in that same hotel or you know go and talk to another teammate in the hotel they can't just be going out looking for strange or getting a meal by (laughs) themselves they gotta go and be have some camaraderie on the road you know at home they can just go home and have their family time and have their alone time but on the road you have to bond and they do have a great road record i think one of the best in the league so i think that might be a more of a factor than having no fans on the uh in the road on the road with uh them playing I think you know I, the road part definitely helps and I, and I like your your angle about building the camaraderie. I think this shortened season is sort of like, you know, uh, taking everything that you wanted to have happen in a 162-game season and throw it in a, in a pressure cooker and, you know, try to cook something at high temperatures quickly because, you know, they may have not found their sweet spot in terms of the team morale and and chemistry until – around this point anyway you know over the course of 162 it may have taken them a while to sort of get their bearings because guys do live their own lives and you know they're not necessarily connected as you may think they are being in a, on a 25-man roster but maybe a situation like this has kind of like you know uh kind of turned up the temperature a little bit and sort of you know uh had this thing come out done a lot faster than than we thought it could have and maybe one of the hidden blessings of this shortened season uh, as far as their 
at home performance, I, man, it's it sucks, man. It's a travesty that this team can't play in front of uh, you know embracing fans. You know, the people are going crazy for White Sox baseball now. I never thought it would be the day where we're leading. Uh, it's the lead on the score and most of the shows talking about the the Sox and how hot they are and how fun they are and people are all of a sudden talking about like oh man you know Cubs fans are jealous uh, about the Sox roster and it's a good place to be and it just really sucks that they can't be in front of fans but you know you wonder you know in a full season you know cold weather you know guys playing with expectations fans wanting expectations that are high you know you wonder if maybe things would have turned out a little bit differently and all of a sudden they, they put themselves in a little bit of a hole, you know, I, it's, it's crazy to think about, but maybe this year in terms of the rebuild on a big picture sense, maybe this year was the best thing that could have happened for this team going forward. Just something to think about, you know, you know, it's, it's, you know, as we get further and further into this, you kind of have to zoom out every once in a while and say, huh, I wonder if this would have happened had this not happened sort of thing. But yeah, it's, it's, it's certainly something to, to fun to think about, but yeah, you have to like where they're at right now though. Um, just wrapping it up here. That that's all I got. Uh, this is you know been another successful week for us here on the show, and we appreciate you guys showing love. And and you had uh, some great figures that you had tweeted out earlier today. On since you started the podcast in October, and then I joined whenever that was in January. And people have just been supporting us, and the audience has been growing, and we're we're so appreciative. And this wraps up the week for us. You know, we'll hit you with the mailbag on Monday, and just, you know, I want you guys to have a nice holiday weekend and uh, just a couple of parting thoughts for me uh, going into Labor Day you know you know we're, we're lucky where we're at right now as Sox fans but uh, also try to remember where we are you know as as people and you know a lot of you guys are having your kids start school this week and it was certainly a hot topic in in my household tonight but you know just just remember you know just uh be patient, you know, enjoy your holiday and take a deep breath because it's not going to get much easier the rest of the way. Who knows how long we'll be stuck in this. Uh, if you're, if your kids, you know, doing the homeschooling thing, no matter what age your kid may be, it's not easy. Certainly for anyone, it's kids don't prefer it. The parents don't prefer it. Yeah, I guarantee you the teachers don't necessarily pre- prefer it, but just be patient with your significant other, be patient with yourself, uh, be patient with your child. And, uh, you know, we'll get out of this thing eventually, but I just wanted to share that and, you know, I'm trying to. I guess it's uh, willing it uh, into fruition on, on my own end because it's very stressful, and uh, you know, I just I just hope everyone enjoys their holiday weekend. And you know, like uh, our guy Shane was saying, empty out your freezer, thaw everything out, and cook everything that you got stockpiled in there, and just and treat yourself before uh, you know the 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 hard road ahead. So, you got anything uh, planned for Labor Day, Herbie? I think we're going out to the suburbs and seeing her father and then also my mother so it's going to be an enjoyable time seeing some people that we haven't seen in a minute and you know fellowship stay socially distant make sure that everybody knows that we're still in this even though you see people driving around having a good time watching college football things like that you're going to be watching the nfl in a week still in a pandemic people still wash your hands still stay socially distant from people you don't know that you don't share a household with and when you go to work, if you go to work like us, well, wear your mask in the hallways of the people that you don't know. You know, stay stay vigilant out here. Don't act like this some bitch ain't over. Come on, people. We got it. 
Illinois is creeping up a little bit, and this is Labor Day, so I know people are going to be going out, maybe listening to this on their way out to Wisconsin or Michigan, Minnesota, Iowa, Indiana, any of those terrible states. But um, sorry, guys, I had to make take a <laughs> shot of your horrible states. Um, although, you've, for, although you know, you saw what Fauci said about Illinois. You know, yeah, we better hold that mirror struggling. up right, right now, Herbie. You know, we're struggling. Hey. That's that's down south people. Come on, those are the down south people that are oh, messing yeah. us up. On the Metro East, the St. Louis people effing us up, and so same people on the on the river too. Come on, John Shank, get your people right. Um, but yeah, we're fucking up too here. But if you're listening while you're driving up there, or you're just chill, chilling in your cabin or by a lake, understand that we're still in a pandemic. Don't take your guard down. Enjoy your life. But don't be putting other people's life or yourself in risk. We'll be seeing these uh, 30% of college athletes who already tested for COVID that have some form of myocarditis. We don't need that, folks. You don't need to catch this thing. You don't need to have it. So let's stay safe. Enjoy your life. But also understand it's still out there if you haven't had it yet and none of your family's been affected by it don't spoil it now you know what i mean like you've done a great job so far staying healthy staying safe and and, and you're probably a little bit of luck involved in that too so don't blow it now you know you you don't blow a a three to one lead to (laughs) COVID 19 out here in these streets man but yeah just piggybacking off of you know the you know the homeschooling thing just uh try to remember this like there will never there will likely never be a time uh, in your life if if you've got a young kid at home and and they're with you every day and you're going to be able to help them out with school stuff and eventually things will go back to normal and we'll go back to life at you know like we once knew it it'll be a little bit different but i think eventually it will get back to the old life um but you know just you remember like you know try to try to appreciate what you have now and and the extra time that you have with your kids, I know sometimes they drive you nuts, and and vice versa. We drive our kids nuts too. Probably they're, you know, going crazy. I see with my daughter every day. She's you know asking me when the uh, when the germs are going to go away and when she can do things like go back to the shed aquarium and you know that's which is technically open, but I'm just not a fan right now in this particular juncture. Uh-huh. Being you know tourist season in Chicago, you know, it just wouldn't be a prudent thing to do. But she's been doing a good job being patient. But you know, just try to appreciate the time that that it's been over the past. Uh, five months you know hopefully we'll never see anything like this again but i hope you have more positive experiences thinking back uh, at least in your personal lives and with your family uh than negative so that's all i got and uh, it's never too late to hit us up for the mailbag because uh, we, we will try to record on monday at some point to give you guys something to listen to uh how can they do that how can they get a hold of us and get in the bag they can email us at locked on socks at gmail.com that is locked on socks at gmail.com send us your questions your comments uh when you listen to this if you're on apple or spotify send us comments on there too we like feedback honest feedback you hate us send it (laughs) you love it give us five stars whatever you do we want the feedback and when you want to participate in mailbag monday locked on socks at gmail.com Write us negative stuff there, too, if you really want to. We read it all. Positive stuff, too. We're not just about sunshine. We're about being told the truth. That's why we tell the truth on this podcast. That's one thing you'll always get, the truth about the White Sox, 100%. We will not filter anything. Our feelings will always be out there for you. So for Chris Tannehill, you can follow him at Chris Tannehill on Twitter. Me, I'm Herb Lawrence, Ecknerwall23 on twitter and the show is at locked on socks on twitter and on instagram so 
It is seven to four was the victory. We finally got two wins in a row after two losses in a row. It feels so good. We're back in first place. My man Duke Giolito's back on the bump tomorrow versus Bubich. Three in a row. I'm predicting it. That's a guarantee. That's careful, a damn guarantee. careful out when there on that ledge. To, yeah, when I speak to when I speak to you next, maybe on Monday, they're gonna have four wins in a row. Win by Giolito, win by Dallas Keiko, sweep of the Royals, White Sox, White Sox, go, <laughs> go, White Sox. So for Chris Tannehill, I'm Herb Lawrence. Thank you for joining us on Locked On Sox.